Happy Resurrection Day to all of you. He is risen. Hallelujah. So I want to take just a moment to introduce you to someone uh, this morning. This is Snoop. Uh, Snoop was our dog a number of years ago. Uh, he was a rescue dog. He was big. He was fast. He was fantastic with the children. Uh, but about six months after we got him, we went away on a family vacation. We left him with a friend of the family while we were gone. And one day early in that vacation, we got a phone call from that friend uh, telling us that one of her dogs and Snoop had run off and they had not come back. We told the kids, we prayed together, time started to pass. The next day we got a call from the friend again saying that her dog had come home, but Snoop had not. More time passed. We got home from vacation, still no Snoop. Days became weeks, weeks became months until we just stopped counting. That happened nine years ago. That picture of Snoop was taken yesterday. Two full years after he disappeared, we got a telephone call. Someone had found Snoop taken to the vet. The vet found a little microchip we put in him. It was there through an early iteration of the COVID vaccination. Uh, um, can I joke about it? That's a joke. Anyway, they found him, they gave us a call, Melissa and the kids went to pick him up, wondering if he would recognize them at all after all that time had passed. And I got to tell you, when the, the moment he saw my children, the moment he heard my wife's voice, he almost knocked the door down uh, to greet them. And if you think that reunion was something, wait till you hear about this week's gospel lesson. <laughs> to borrow a line from Charles Dickens, Jesus is dead. Of that there can be no doubt. His disciples have seen the whole thing, watching mostly from the shadows, but watching nonetheless. They'd been present at his arrest in the garden. They'd heard all the awful details about the trumped-up charges and the kangaroo court that eventually found him guilty and declared him worthy of death. The scourging had been more than anyone wanted to watch, leaving him marred and bloodied almost beyond recognition. And the crucifixion, well, that had been tragic, but a thoroughly public event nonetheless. They'd seen him nailed to the cross. They'd listened to him speak forgiveness from that cross. They felt the temperature drop around them as the skies were darkened for a period of time all across the land. And they'd watched as Jesus breathed his last and committed himself into the hands of the Father. With the help of Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, they got permission from Pilate to take the lifeless body, and they hastily laid it in a borrowed tomb to buy some time until the Sabbath resumed. Whatever of the thoughts were flying around in the minds of the disciples at that time, the one thing they knew for absolute certain was that Jesus was dead. And in the gnawing emptiness of that reality, they locked themselves away in hiding to try to make sense of it all. And so with that jet black reality as your backdrop, would you stand with me please in honor of the word of God as you're able to do that? And let's read together this week's gospel lesson from Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16 verses 1 through 8. Mark 16 verses 1 through 8. If you're with me here in the Center for New Life, I'll read the plain text. If you'll join me in reading the highlighted portions. And those who are worshiping with us at our alternative locations or over our YouTube channel, just read the passage that pops up there on the screen. Mark 16, beginning verse 1, this is what the Bible 
says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This passage in Mark 16 ends with those ladies running off, trembling and bewildered, it says. It goes on to say, they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Now, I want to encourage you, whenever you read the Bible, to make sure you read it the way it was written and you read it the way it was intended to be read. And I say that because the truth is an awful lot of people don't read the Bible as carefully as they should. For instance, right here where it says, they said nothing to anyone, it's clear that that was not literally true. The other Gospels tell us, in fact, that they ran right to the apostles and told them everything. The, the, the truth is, the only way we even know what happened to them that morning is because they told what happened that morning. Clearly, what Mark is saying here is that as they ran to the apostles, they didn't stop and talk to anyone. They said nothing to anyone on the way because they were so confused and frightened. One of the worst things people do sometimes when reading Scripture to interject their own thoughts, their own feelings, or their own prejudices into the text. For example, sitting here in the light and the warmth of this room with the benefit of the entire New Testament in front of them, some people like to look at the folks in these Bible accounts and pass judgment on them. How could they have been so foolish? How could they have been so blind? Why were they expecting a resurrection? After all, Jesus had told them repeatedly what was going to happen. And the answer to all those questions is because they were very much like you and like me. Incredibly limited in our understanding. Easily overwhelmed by our circumstances. Just like you. Just like me. They were often captive to their own emotions. Just like you. Just like me, they were often more prone to trust their own conclusions than to trust what the Lord had said to them. Just like you, just like me, they were often more apt to believe their eyes than to believe Jesus. Jesus was dead, that much was clear. But what they thought that meant could not have been farther from the truth. They thought the cross was the end. In truth, it was just the beginning. And this little band of loyal ladies had made for themselves front row seats for the opening act. So the Bible tells us, while the men cowered and fretted somewhere in a locked room, 
this small but faithful group of women got up very early in the morning and made their way to the tomb where they hoped to anoint the body of Jesus, the corpse of Jesus, with spices in order to prepare for more proper burial. Very early on the first day of the week, the Bible says, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? And I want to stop here for just a moment, share two quick thoughts with you, kind of as an aside, based on my reflections on these ladies. The first is, we don't know if that question about the stone was an oversight, or if they'd been talking about it for a while and just hadn't come up with a solution yet. But there's a principle here I want to make sure you get, and the principle is simply this. Don't ever fail to step out. Don't ever fail to step out into what you should be doing just because you don't have all the answers yet. These ladies wanted to do something to bless and honor Jesus, even though they still had questions, even though they knew there were probably obstacles in their way. What about that stone? What about those Roman soldiers? What if they don't let us in? What if everything we've done ends for nothing? And I want to encourage you this morning to be a bit more like these ladies, at least in the sense that I want to encourage you to go ahead and step out in service to God even when you know for sure you don't have all the answers yet. Step out in sharing your God story. Step out in sharing the gospel. Step out in being generous and open-handed with the things God's given you and blessed you with. Step out in reaching out to your neighbors. Have them over for dinner. Get to know them. Look for opportunities to bless them. Step out in praying for people. Step out in asking God for miracles. Step out in whatever ways you can to serve God and bless people. Step out even when you know for sure you don't know for sure where it's going. Step out even when you don't have all the answers yet. The second thing I want to share with you relative to these ladies is I want to make sure you understand this morning that their actions that very first Easter morning were absolutely not born of faith. In fact, at that particular moment in their lives, they had no faith whatsoever. They didn't go to that tomb looking for a resurrection. They went to the tomb looking for a corpse. Love moved them that morning, but faith had nothing to do with it. Let me just stop right there and go ahead and acknowledge, I get it. Today's Easter Sunday. To be honest, very likely that means some of you are here, not because you're excited about Jesus, but because it's kind of the thing you're supposed to do. You're here to make your mom happy. You're here to make your grandma happy. You're here to get your wife off your back. But whatever your reason for being here, you didn't come in faith. You're not really expecting all that much. You certainly didn't come expecting a life-changing encounter with Jesus. But here's the really cool thing. Neither did any of those guys in the Bible. On that very first Easter Sunday, none of them were excited. None of them were running around believing God. None of them were standing in faith. None of them expected anything from Jesus. But he had something for them anyway. For what it's worth, 
I sincerely believe he's got something for you. Bless you. Listen, it doesn't matter why you think you came. Jesus wants to meet you here. Jesus wants to touch you. Jesus wants to speak to you. Jesus wants to change you. Jesus wants to reorder your life around him and his purposes. The question is, will you let him? It all begins right here in that empty tomb. That's where they buried Jesus. But as it turns out, death didn't suit him. You see, Jesus didn't just die the pitiful victim of ruthless conspirators and an unscrupulous Roman governor. Jesus died on purpose to fulfill the ultimate plan of the Father. For a couple of weeks now, out by the road, out by our side by the road, we've had a couple of banners out there with a very simple message, cross equal sign heart banner. The cross of Christ is the love of God. Jesus died because God loves you. Sin separated you from God and there was nothing you could do about it. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus died. Jesus died on his own terms to pay the penalty for your sin. To become once and for all the ultimate sacrifice for sin. To fulfill his role as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus died so you could live. And he rose from the dead quite frankly because death wasn't strong enough to hold him. He rose from the dead because he is the Lord and giver of life. He rose from the dead to offer you life in him, new life in him. And anyone who will come to him can have new life right now. Anyone who will follow him gets new life right now. And anyone who does that right now receives the fullness of life in him in all its glory one day in the fullness of the kingdom of God. One of the early lives changed by Jesus was that of an angry, aggressive young Pharisee by the name of Saul of Tarsus. He hated Christians. He actually made a career of persecuting them until one day he had an encounter with a resurrected Jesus, and that encounter changed everything. Most importantly, it changed him. So uh, he went from being Saul of Tarsus to becoming Paul the Apostle. And in one of his early letters as a follower of Jesus, part of what he wrote was this. He said, now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. The gospel is simply the message of Jesus. And of God's plan in Jesus to bring you into the life with him and for him, you were actually created to live in the first place. Those ladies at the tomb that first Easter Sunday morning were the very first people to hear and later to share the message of the resurrection of Jesus. And the Apostle Paul says here that you become a follower of Jesus when you receive that gospel message and when you take your stand on it. When you hear it and believe it and entrust your life to it. When you hear it and believe it and commit to live by it. Luther's refined of saying Christ has died.
Christ has risen, Christ will come again. And the only way to be ready for Jesus when he comes again is to receive the gospel right now, to take your stand on the gospel right now. And just in case you're here and you're curious, it wasn't just the experience of those ladies that led to the spread of the gospel. The Apostle Paul continued to write, But what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some of them have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. The bodily resurrection of Jesus was seen and attested to by literally hundreds of people, most of whom paid a terrible price for their stubborn refusal to go back on what they said they believed. Think about it. The Jews and the Romans were deeply committed to putting an end to Jesus and the movement he started. So when his followers began going around telling everybody they had seen him back from the dead, and and when they refused to stop telling people that, even after repeatedly being arrested and beaten, the easiest thing in the world for them to do, to put an end once and for all to Christianity, would have been to take the corpse of Jesus, hang it up on a cart somewhere, haul it all over the city of Jerusalem, and prove the resurrection was a hoax. They never did that for one simple reason. They couldn't do that with the body of Jesus because he was busy using it. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. This is the gospel I preach to you. It's the gospel I received. It's the gospel I continue to pass on. I pray it's the gospel you've received and the gospel on which you take your stand. Because by this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to it. And if you've never committed your life to Jesus, there's no better time than right now. And there's no better day than today. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Let's pray. Father, as always, we thank you for the power and the clarity of your word. Your word by which you show us who you are and how things really are. How you designed them and created them to be. How you want them to be. Who you've called us to be. We thank you for the gospel we find in your word that calls us to new life in Jesus. That offers us new life in Jesus. Father, we thank you for the gospel by which we are saved. We pray that many, many more will come to take their stand on it and that we will be faithful to share it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah and amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. Well, we're going to continue the worship of the Lord this morning. We're going to work.